right. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to episode number 32 of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're recording here the evening of Tuesday for our December 15th drop, and we are preparing everybody for the very first week of playoff football. We got the quarterfinals here. I know all three of us have got some big matchups coming up, so we got some key information we need to distribute, but uh, the long dreaded wait is here, and if you are in the playoffs, uh, this is what we. This is why we play uh, fantasy football. We're we're in the dance. Let's win some money here. But uh, before we get started, let's uh, let's say hello to the fellas. Let's throw it over. First, we'll go to Arm and Arm. What's going on? Hey, uh, not too much. Just excited for the fantasy playoffs here. I um, had a few leagues where I just may, missed the playoffs because of Lamar Jackson's ankle injury there sole sole reason why but you know you don't want to put yourself in the position where you're depending on one week in the end of the season so you know live and learn um but otherwise i'm in three three uh playoffs right now so squeaked in on on one so hey all you gotta do is get in get into the yeah. dance and anything can happen right speaking about getting into the dance just squeaking in maybe we'll talk about zach here we'll we'll say hello to zach and then maybe we'll tell a little bit of story what's going on zach much like Armin, uh, Lamar Jackson impacted a few matchups, but um, definitely wasn't just uh, that one game that uh, cost me the playoffs. Um, it may have been the other five or six losses throughout the course of the season <laughs> that uh, <laughs> kept me out of the dance there. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, in the, the, I guess, our home dynasty league, um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, Jordan messages me and he says, hey, um, I don't know if you know this, but if you win your matchup, you're, you're in the playoffs. And I was pretty surprised considering that team has been pretty rough this year. So I was, I was quite surprised. I was looking forward to the, uh, the weekend and the weekend comes and comes and goes and I win my matchup and I'm all fired up. And Jordan goes, actually, you won, but uh, you also have to wait until the Monday nighter because you need uh, another manager to lose. If he wins, he's in. And if he loses, you're in. So all night, I'm cheering for another manager's team uh, in order to get into the playoffs. <laughs> and it was, I think we were, he was down by 40 points going into yeah, the night. Four, but 46 he, had he needed. 46. But he had Connor, uh, Odell, and, and Cooper Cup. Cup so. Yeah. I think between the three of them, they probably got me over that 40-point threshold before halftime. I think they ended up getting 90 <laughs> points last night between those three guys. Like, I think he, Holy. Ended, he ended up putting up 166 points, which in our league is, like, insane. That's almost almost unheard of. So it was uh, it was quite impressive. But Zach's, Zach's situation, he could have got in two different ways. It was one of those ones where, you know, like you're, you're a rain man, they're counting, counting cards, trying to figure out how you're getting in, but he could have. Galifianakis there from hangover. Exactly. Sitting there staring at the cards and the numbers are passing by. If he would have beat the guy he was playing in week 14 by 14 or more points, he would have got in and the other guy would have been out, but then that didn't happen. So then Zach had to put the other puzzle piece together to beat his matchup but less by 14. And then this other manager needed to lose at all, man. It was, it was so funny in our group chat. We're all texting. Big goes, yeah, you know, if I could just get a, a 60 yard reception from Odell, that'd be really sweet. 
not even 15 seconds later, Odell gets like a 42 yard reception. I was about five seconds or so ahead of the feed. So I put in a group chat, like, Oh my God, you talked into existence acts. Like, I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, Oh yeah, there it is. There it is. And Odell pops off his 42 yarder. And that just about uh, put the nail in the coffin, but it was a lot of fun. Like i for, for, I'm in quite a few playoffs this year. I'm, I got pretty fortunate. I'm pretty happy to be in quite a few. So I'm giving a couple chances at winning some money, but none of my matchups hinged on the Monday nighter. So I just got to sit back and relax and, and cheer on Zach. But I, I own Zach's first round pick in that league. So I'm cheering for Zach to make the playoffs because I want Zach in the playoffs. But at the same time, by him getting the playoffs <laughs> means my first round pick is going to be pushed further and further back. But you know what? I'm, uh, I'm glad you made it in there, Zach, because the, the guy that you beat out, his team is finally healthy. And it was pretty scary because he was the second highest point getter on the week. That would have been a tough, tough matchup for sure. I was even more surprised uh, to find out that not only did I make the playoffs, but uh, yeah, that uh, Black Laquack there didn't make the, the playoffs in that league. His roster, I'm going to pull it up here because it is worth mentioning because I feel, I texted him, I'm like, hey man, you nervous? And he goes, I'm always nervous. But listen, the, listen <laughs> this roster, like it's ridiculous. So he's got Justin Herbert quarterback, which is pretty darn good obviously. And he's got Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Devonte Adams, uh, Julio Jones. He also has, well, on the, I got to scroll down to find the IR here, but he also has, um, Derek Henry, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Robert Woods. Like he's got a really, oh, Trey Lance. Like he's got a really good roster, but unfortunately just decimated by injuries. He won the league last year, and then he made some big trades to stack up and kind of make another push to try and win the the Empire Pots, which was pretty inevitable at the start of the year. But for him to miss playoffs is pretty pretty substantial. Like I couldn't couldn't believe it, but I'm uh, I'm pretty He'll fortunate. He'll be yep. back. Though. Oh yeah, you will. I got uh, I got the first round buy in our home league, so I'm real happy with that. My brother in law got second place, so I'm happy that I don't have to see him in playoffs until maybe the the very end because. Yeah, he is the team that Zach was cheering for and put up 169 points or whatever it was in a single week. And with nine starters, that's pretty darn impressive. So uh, regardless, uh, I guess a little bit, uh, we'll, we'll shift away from our leagues and maybe talk about a little bit of stuff that's going to help you guys out here. Just as we're going, you're going to have to bear with me here. I'm, I've been beaten and battered a little bit. I got a pretty, pretty serious cold here and had to go get a COVID test, came back negative, but I'm still battling something serious, but it's pretty important to be here and share the uh, fantasy news and get you guys over the hump and, and hopefully win you guys some championships here. So between the three of us here, we'll hopefully get you, get you guys a little bit of money and uh, hopefully another title to uh, add to you, the feather in your cap. So the first piece of insiders and headliners we're going to talk about, unfortunately, is a really tough one, uh, especially if you've been playing fantasy football for, for a handful of years. This would, would be a name that you very likely either had on your roster or you didn't want to play against because he was Mr. Reliable for, for quite some seasons. Uh, Demarius Thomas, um, most likely known as the wide receiver from, from the Denver Broncos, passed away suddenly at age 33. Uh, if I remember correctly, this was on the Sunday evening, I believe the, the news broke about this one. Uh, but definitely some tough news. Um, the, the Broncos had a nice little piece. They had a little memorial set up. They started the game uh, with only 10 players on the field. They took obviously the, the time count penalty or the penalty, whatever it came with. I can't remember exactly how it worked. And the Lions declined it, obviously out of respect, but saying that, you know, they're starting that, that empty slot receiver role for Demarius Thomas on, on the Sunday. So I think it would have been Thursday night, if I remember correctly, that this, this news would have broke. But 
Um, tough news. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure both you guys have been playing fantasy enough. And you didn't either you guys have Demarius on your guys' rosters? I, I've actually never had him on any of my rosters, I don't think. Um, for whatever reason, I just never had him on my team. But uh, I was going to say it's always unfortunate, obviously, when, when somebody passes away. But also, it takes somebody to pass away for the public to hear all of the, the good stories and all of the, the kind work that uh, a player does kind of away from the spotlight. Um, lately, you can't log on to football Twitter without seeing um, a story about Thomas's foundations or just how much of a genuinely nice person he was. Um, so it, it's unfortunate that it takes somebody passing away for all of the, uh, you know, the good publicity to come out about a player. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you. Um, let's, uh, we'll, we'll turn into a little bit of the cornerback corner here. It's going to start like, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, all battling either a foot or a toe injury here. Uh, the reports for Aaron Rodgers is that he has a little bit of a setback with his toe injury, whether or not that's going to, um, limit him playing this upcoming week or not. They're still doing some tests and still uh, waiting on some, some, uh, results from that, but there has been a setback. Um, we've mentioned Lamar Jackson with the ankle injury. Uh, he missed the remainder of that game there in week 14 and his week 15 is up in question right now. They're, they're taking a quote unquote, we'll wait and see approach. Uh, meaning that it's going to be agonizing if you are a, uh, a Lamar Jackson owner and preparing for the, the uh, quarterfinal matchups here. So that's going to be, I guess, much the same as, as they're going to be doing uh, us as fantasy managers are going to be playing the wait and approach C as well, too. You're, you're going to have to have some contingency plans, obviously uh, just in case, but uh Hopefully he's uh hopefully he's ready to go and, and and primed up for a nice playoff push for your guys' fantasy team. Uh, and then speaking about another highly oh, sorry, before we go on there, Jordan. Yep. Um, can I stop you there for a yep, second? Yeah, for, for sure. Did you guys happen to see the little the video uh clip from Get Up from yesterday talking about Aaron Rodgers? No, oh. I, I didn't. Okay, so it's uh Orlovsky, uh Mike Greenberg, uh Rex Ryan and Ryan Clark discussing um, Aaron Rodgers' toe injury and uh, kind of just like subtly Rex Ryan goes, hey, like, I know feet. I'm a, I'm a toe expert. <laughs> Referencing his, uh, his noted uh, foot fetish from several years ago. And it caught the other three guys right off guard. Uh, Mike Greenberg and Orlovsky are, are speechless and they're kind of trying to stifle their laughter. Ryan Clark just starts busting a gut. He actually has to hop off his chair and walk <laughs> off set. And the entire time Rex Ryan's just like, like he leaned into it and he's kind yeah. of just like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm a foot guy. Oh man. I'm going to have to look that up. That's going to be worth a good <laughs> laugh for sure. Oh man. Rex oh, Ryan, he's got cool. so he's got some pretty good sound bites. Always, yeah. always worth a quality giggle. That's for I sure. I remember years ago when the the foot fetish thing kind of came to light. Um, I think it was either a week or so before the Jets played the Pats when it came out, and uh, Wes Welker did like an entire interview where he just, you know, casually dropped like five or six foot references. <laughs> you know, putting your best foot forward, um, 
and just kind of stuff like that. Yeah, toe tapping and, in the end zone. Yeah, and he was just <laughs> just chuckling to himself. And you know, at the time, not many people caught on, but go back and watch it. You can definitely <laughs> yeah. pick up the references now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, real. Um, finishing up the quarterbacks here. This one's a bit of a tough one too. I know I I have him in a couple of leagues and. Uh, I'm not too sure what's going to happen here because he was spotted in a walking boot. Josh Allen with his foot injury. Uh, the report is that there's suspected to be turf toe. Uh, so his availability is in question with them making a playoff push. I imagine he's going to do everything he can to, to make sure he's available and prepared to play for Buffalo. But uh, in his post-game interviews, he was walking around in a, in a walking boot. So that is a difficult one. But I mean, when it comes to backup quarterbacks, Mitchell Trubisky is not the worst backup quarterback. But, I mean, if you're making a playoff push, uh, you're definitely going to want your guys out there, whether it's Buffalo making a playoff push to, to make the NFL playoffs or whether it's you in the quarterfinal matchup. Uh, he was a highly drafted quarterback, you know, ranging from that third to fifth round. Super flex, he's a top three pick, I would imagine. So, uh, hopefully, he's back out and ready to go. But that's something to definitely be monitoring as we progress out through, uh, through the week. Uh, Melvin Gordon sprained his thumb, uh, but it's not expected to impact his load. He'd, um, he had an unbelievable week between him and Javante Bolt. Uh, both kind of ran all over the lines that week. So uh, Melvin Gordon owners, uh, you should be good to go and put them into your quarterfinal matchups. Uh, a couple more uh, pieces of notes here before we break down a little bit of a COVID talk. Uh, we got Kareem Hunt, uh, had another MRI in his ankle, and it sounded like it was to be precautionary. He did say that he was prepared to come back in the game, but uh, they held him out just to be safe. So cream hunt owners, once again, something to be monitoring and Elijah Moore. I did put this on social media. That's Elijah Moore has been placed on IR. So his fantasy season is over. So uh, for those individuals that thought they struck gold with Elijah Moore, the rookie breakout in the second half season, unfortunately that's been cut short, but uh, the one thing I'm going to mention here, I don't have on the docket because this has been coming fast and fierce here. The COVID breakouts right now, you guys, like it's it's getting to the point where at the absolute worst time possible, like I know there's a huge outbreak now with the Rams. They just shut down their facilities. Uh, if, maybe if you're hinging on Tyler Higby to, to boom for you or, or even get you three points to get you into the final wall, you didn't have much contingency. There was not many people you could have picked up to put in your lineup, uh, but the Rams are shut down. The Browns are shut down. There's some big names right now. Like you look at what happened with the Chargers last week. It's uh, it's going around pretty serious throughout some of these NFL clubs. And for teams making a playoff push in the NFL, obviously for us, money's on the line, quarterfinal matchups, really not an optimal time. Um, but what, um, like what, what do you think? In, I know last season, this is kind of a, just throwing it out there. Uh, last season, there was the COVID contingencies, right? If this player doesn't play because of COVID, can you, the manager can swap, swap this player and put it there. Is that something that you think league managers should be able to do now throughout this whole season where we haven't really had that problem and now the money's on the line or is it tough luck? It is what it is. What do you guys think? If you were, if you were a commish, what would you be, uh, what would you be implementing? This is one of the reasons aside from just being lazy that I'm not a commissioner. <laughs> um, I think, and I'm sure this will come up, in some of the leagues that I'm in, but if it's, I think if it's not already in the, the guidelines or the legislation of the league, especially if it's like a, you know, a league with a bigger payout, um, I think you, you leave it as is because yeah, throughout the season, there's been guys that have had, you know, maybe uh, a starter on their team miss a game because of COVID 
and they haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. So I think like it's unfortunate and I'm sure everybody's going to be impacted to some degree, but unless it's in the league right now, written as is, I don't think you can do it just out of fairness to everybody involved, whether you're in the playoffs or not. I agree with Zach there. And to add to that point a little bit too, is a lot of leagues I'm in, at least uh, we last year, we added an extra IR spot or two extra IR spots, just because we knew that there'd be more guys out because of COVID than, than most years. And I think in most of those, or in all those leagues that we added them, we, we kept them this year around still. So um, I think there was, as most most commissioners, if you did that, you already kind of um, created a plan in place for, for those guys. And, and there's room on your roster to make moves and stuff. And it's, it sucks, but it's, it's part, of, part of everyday life now that uh, adds another wrench into fantasy football that yeah. makes and it even more fun. I will I say, though, oh, go ahead, this kind of like we're, I was talking about this uh, yesterday um, with a buddy from work and uh, we were saying we play in the work league together, but that's the only league that we're in together. But he plays in a few other dynasties and we both agreed that, you know, situations like this really might build to the argument that there should not be trade deadlines in dynasty leagues. Because if you look at the dynasty leagues that we're in together, um, especially at certain positions, the depth there on the waiver wire is so thin. Um, even in a single QB league, um, in our home dynasty league, that for quarterbacks right now, it's so thin. Um, names like Davis Mills, Andy Dalton, Trubisky, those are the guys that you're picking up this week if you need somebody. Um so I think that kind of maybe adds to the argument where if you're a Rogers owner or if you're a Josh Allen owner or a Lamar Jackson owner and you're in the playoffs, why can't you trade a first or second round pick for, you know, somebody's quarterback if you're in the playoff hunt instead of, you know, trying to find somebody like a Davis Mills off a of waiver wire. Um, I can see uh, a redraft league having a, a trade deadline because there still is a chance there being some talent on the waiver wire. But in most dynasty leagues, that, that waiver wire, that talent pool is so thin. Um, it really makes it hard sometimes to have a backup plan. Yeah. There's not a lot of meat on the bone. Sometimes that's uh that's something definitely we, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit in our, uh, in our season primer episode was like how to, how to alter your league and things to adapt a little bit, something that we can definitely discuss a little bit more in detail in the off season as we're going to have quite a bit of time to discuss, but I was kind of interested in to hear your guys' thoughts because now the pressure's on, you know, like, now the money's on the line. The first little bits, okay, yeah, this is fun. Ha ha, joke with your with your work buddies. But now, like, you're playing for the dollars. Now you're playing to win. And now any little advantage, like a COVID issue, could put you above the edge, right? Like, all of a sudden, say, for example, let's go uh, Alvin Kamara. Now he's back and healthy. Maybe that like guy just snuck in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden he goes on the COVID IR. Well, now there's almost zero chance he's going to win this playoff matchup. Now you're licking your chops because you got a good matchup. But then the guy's complaining, oh, well, can I can I maybe play a different guy or maybe David Montgomery in the Monday night matchup, right? Or what happens if all of a sudden it's it's Monday morning, all of a sudden, oh, David Montgomery goes on the IR for COVID. 
well, now you're missing your maybe number one or, or number two running back. And that could be the difference if you go to the semifinals or not, right? That's when you're going to be hearing the complaints. And these are the things, especially if you're a commissioner, you're going to have to think about ahead of time because you can't be sitting there on Monday morning and be like, uh, well, you know what? Uh, I don't really know what I'm going to do because uh, there's going to be commission, there's going to be pl- um, players or owners in your league that are going to be kind of choked if this happens, right? So you got to you got to have your ducks in a row a little bit. And I think it was pretty consensus that that's something you needed to have ahead of time. You can't just all of a sudden be like, ah, oh, guess what? Uh, it's playoffs. We're going to start <laughs> making up some new rules, right? Because what happens if uh, – Say Zach, for example, week 14, you needed the W, your your player gets COVID and then you miss you miss the playoffs because of a COVID, right? That's there's no difference. You could have got in the playoffs, anything yeah, happens in the playoffs. But, so every every match every week matters, but now the the spotlight is on those weak matchups even a little bit more. So this was something worth, I think, a little bit of discussion and wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. So now speaking of speaking of hearing your guys' thoughts, let's uh let's talk a little bit of studs and duds here in our weekly recap. Uh, I'm gonna start. I was uh, I was really looking forward to talking about either Hunter Renfro or Leonard Fournette. I thought both those guys <laughs> had a really good week. Uh, with myself being quite ill yesterday, we pushed uh, instead of recording Monday to Tuesday, and I'm happy we did because now I get to talk about James Conner and his uh, his Monday night performance. Uh, James Conner, the running back from the uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, put up 29 fantasy points last night uh, for a lackluster 13 carries for 31 yards. Uh, but he ended up punching two <laughs> touchdowns in. But what was more impressive was his nine receptions for 94 yards. And his one reception he had where he ended up kind of running almost like a quick slant route. And it was right in that, uh, right in the core of the defense. And it was a high ball. He jumps, makes the unbelievable one-handed catch. I don't know if you guys ended up catching that or not. But my goodness, James Conner looking looking like the the league winner he was when he came on his rookie season re- replacing Lev Bell. He uh he looks legit. He's taking advantage of his opportunities uh when he became the lead back and man oh man he uh he's looking he's looking good and primed up for a playoff push for a lot of owners especially with the Detroit Lions matchup they got coming this week. <laughs> so if you got uh if you got Connor in your lineup right now and uh, you're looking at the quarterfinals well, start licking your chops. He should be looking at semifinals because he's going to have another big week. So uh, I'm uh, I'm happy to talk about him. I was somebody that I was hoping was going to get another chance because I really liked him coming out. Couldn't stay healthy, but now with a little bit of health and a little bit of opportunity, he's he's showing uh, fantasy owners uh, why they should be holding on to him. So James Conner is my stud of the week. Uh, Zach, uh, you want to share yours? Sure. Yeah. So my stud of the week, um, I think we might have all seen this coming. Uh, as of Friday morning, um, my stud is Dalvin Cook, the proud owner of just under 35 fantasy points, over 200 yards rushing, two touchdowns, one reception, and 17 receiving yards. Um, obviously decimated the Steelers' defense. Um, but a little story to go along with this, we, we had our, our, our high school football uh, wind-up um on friday or on thursday night rather and we we ordered a bunch of pizzas to the school and the players and the staff we all watched the game in the auditorium and and ate pizza and uh one of the other assistant coaches that i was sitting beside was agonizing pre-game was like do i start madison or do i start cook because if you remember earlier that day um, there were reports that, you know, Cook might not even suit up. So he was, we, we find out before the game that Cook is going to be active, but he doesn't know, like, is he going to play a lot? What should I do? And 
he was kind of just like pulling the coaching staff. And some guys were saying, well, they'll still probably play Madison, play Madison. I'm telling them, play your stud. Um, this is a big game for you. Play your stud, play cook. And well, he, he plays Madison and the rest is history. <laughs> Within, like before the first quarter was over, he was just kind of, he was just silent. He's a, usually a pretty jovial talky guy, but he was dead silent. Um, just almost as if he was just like pouting almost uh, <laughs> like he wasn't pouting, but he was, he wasn't enjoying himself very much. He was, and every time a big run would get hit by cook, a bunch of the other guys would look over and be like giving him the shoulder or the elbow bump and point him to the screen as if the guy's blind or something and can't see it. Just a uh, salt in the wound. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, like, <laughs> I can't believe this. Like, it, and to make matters worse, he ended up <clears throat> uh, having a bit of an allergic reaction <laughs> at the party. So well, that's all about, in all, that'd have been my excuse too to leave and go night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was looking at this and I'm glad you brought this up, Zach, because he was not started in 30% of leagues. And I own him in four leagues. I started him in three. And then the one league, I had some pretty good options. I had Javante Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Eckler. So I'm kind of doing the old, I can start three of them, two in my running back, one of my flex. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll put Cook on the bench. I have good options. I can bench him. And if he goes off, he goes off. And, oh, man, did he ever go? I think he was running back one on the week. And, yeah. and, and we'll even look at my start of the week was Alexander Madison kind of hinging on the fact that Cook was trending to not be playing, and it was a smash play. Well, smash play it was. You saw what Cook did with with very limited touch. I think he only had me like 19 touches or 18 touches. Like he um, he put up big numbers in a hurry, and then by the end, like you know, those first set, six or seven touches were 30, 40, a crack, and then they kind of started trapping down a bit. But so I think he had 220 total yards on on the week. That's uh, pretty damn good. <laughs> but I had you you'd be surprised on our. On our social media, I shared that uh, – I put it on our story that 30% of people didn't play Cook in that matchup. You'd be surprised how many people DM me right away. I was like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I didn't do that either. Yeah, I did. It's like, oh, man. So we're not the only ones out there feeling pain. And Zach's coworker there, if you're listening, you're not the only one feeling this pain. But you might be the only one that got allergic reaction while also not starting down with Cook. So buy a lottery ticket or something. Oh, man. Armin, you're, uh, you want to share your start of the week? Oh man, you know, I, I wanted to take my Viking, but, uh, and I had another Viking option here with KJ Osborne who had a big game. Um, but I ended up going with a guy that I talked about preseason saying that he's going to have fantasy value at some point this year. And this week he finally proved me right. And judging by coach speak earlier or late, or that I saw today, um, Rashad Penny could be the lead guy in uh, in Seattle there for the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy. That's a big if. I'm gonna knock on wood now. <laughs> but uh, you know, this this is a guy who who is still available in 24% of leagues. I'm guessing after the waivers go through tonight, he is gonna be available in probably only like two percent of leagues like he he's available though you can go out and get him and if he is actually going to be the starter in seattle wow this could make a big difference to your fantasy playoffs 
Um, this is a guy on the waiver wire that or an opportunity on the waiver wire that usually don't get this time of year. So um, take advantage of it, people, if you can, because man, that, that could be good. He, he showed good burst. He showed uh, good speed and vision in that game. And uh, hopefully he can continue those ways uh, moving forward here. But uh, yeah, finally Rashad Penny shows you why he was drafted so high by Seattle. That uh, was a committee we talked about that. I think it was last week's episode of the week before. It was such a such a big committee and was almost going to be concerning because there's so many touches to that to be distributed. But he uh, he monopolized his touches and he he did a lot with it. But um, talking about not doing much with their opportunity, I'll uh, I'll share my dud of the week here, and uh, I kind of flip flopping between a few different guys. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dak Prescott. Now, depending on how your settings uh, are for your fantasy leagues. He could have got you anywhere between negative points to 9.94 points, you know? So in the more consistent leagues, he got you somewhere between four and six points, the, the standard point settings. Um, but he, uh, he ended up having 22 uh, receptions on 39 tries for 211 yards, one score, two interceptions, and then seven carries for 15 yards. So Dak Prescott was one of the top five drafted quarterbacks in this previous draft year. And uh, that Dallas offense, we've talked about it consistently, was one of the offenses you want as many pieces as you can possibly get because it's an offense and point factory. Anybody you have on that team is going to get your points. And, well, Dak Prescott has to be able to sh- distribute the ball to- for everybody to get the points. So, obviously, Dak would be a highly targeted asset, and uh, he has not been producing like fantasy managers were, uh, were looking for. He's the main reason I ended up making a trade in my dynasty league in the last push there with Armin. I ended up trying to trade for a elite uh, quarterback because Dak was not doing it for me. Uh, so I can try and make my push and try and win. Uh, Dak Prescott is, uh, is a sketchy start at best right now. Uh, hopefully you can make, if you're relying on him, hopefully you can get it right for your guys' playoff push. Uh, but he had a really tough week against a pretty juicy matchup. So my dud of the week is Dak Prescott. Uh, Zach? All right. This is somebody that I, I have in a couple of leagues and it's been hurting me pretty bad um, over the past month or so. Travis Kelsey put up another dud this week. Uh, Travis Kelsey had three receptions for 27 yards uh, for the grand total of 4.2 points and half point leagues. Um, and over the last three games, Uh, Travis Kelsey is the wide receiver 10 over those last three games played Um, over those last three games. Kelsey only has 24.7 half point PPR points. Compare that to the likes of George Kittle, who has uh, just under 65 Uh, Mark Andrews, 44 and a half Gronkowski, 44.3 and uh, Goddard, uh, 35. So chances are kind of like what Jordan's been talking about. There with some of those QBs. Um, Kelsey was probably that first tight end off the board and chances are to get Kelsey, you had to pick him up in the first two rounds, even, you know, likely in the first round. And you, you picked him up, uh, with the idea that the tight end position is so thin that you will have a kind of a stranglehold on that position uh, where other people are struggling to get points on a week to week basis. 
And over the last three games, you are struggling to get points on a week-to-week basis from that position. And his this dry spell that he's in is happening at the absolute worst time for fantasy owners. Um, so for that reason, Travis Kelsey was my dud of the week. That whole offense is just so unpredictable right now. Like, I, if they didn't throw up that five-touchdown game against Vegas, was it four weeks ago, three weeks ago? They would be on an absolute skid. And it's uh, it's hard to trust Casey offense. Like you talk about Dallas offense, Casey offense there. You wanted all the pieces. And right now it's uh, kind of kind of sketchy, sketchy treading if you're heading to the play. I mean, you got to play the guys that you drafted, right? Especially those top those top premier talents, right? It's hard to hard to sit them unless you have valuable options. You're not going to drop Travis Kelsey to go pick up like uh, – like an Evan Ingram, you know what I'm saying? But you just got to cross your fingers and hope for the best at that point. But it's uh, it's tough sledding. And and it's even worse. Like if you say you drafted like, I don't know, Dalvin Cook in the first round and you're, you're struggling, should I start him? Should I not? You could probably find like a viable uh, back to sub in potentially, right? Yeah. Maybe you, you throw in like a Ty Johnson or – you throw in an Elijah Penny or Rashard Penny, pardon me. Um, or you have somebody else that you picked up earlier in the week, like a Elijah Mitchell. Chances are you're not going to find somebody like Kelsey or somebody to replace Kelsey. Like you're going to throw in like Brevin Jordan. Not likely, not with any <laughs> confidence. Hey, you got a touchdown last week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you're not going to throw, like you can't find these no. tight ends exactly because everybody has one. Yeah. Now you're looking at these like the bottom half of the league and it's it's not pretty like no you're looking at like donald parham or yeah. parham or however you pronounce his name like jared <laughs> cooks like you're looking at sketchy options and the reason why you drafted kelsey was so you don't have to go yeah. bargain bin shopping week to week exactly tough tough sledding especially for somebody that costs you so much that's a that's a pretty prime spot whether you're using that late first early second wherever he usually goes right those are prime drafting positions so absolutely um talking about prime drafting positions armin you want to talk about your dud of the week yeah um before i bring up my dud of the week i want to talk about a a dud that happened at late in the minnesota pittsburgh game um the canadian player there chase claypool oh man um what what did you guys actually think of that uh i i have a little bit of a a thought on it but i am against the grain a little bit but not not a ton. What do you guys think, though? I was watching that happen, and I'm like, why did the clock stop? Like, I'm thinking, do they, they call a timeout or something? Like, I thought they were on a timeout. It's, why is the clock stopping? What's going on? He's celebrating. Like, there's – then all of a sudden, the old lineman comes and tries to grab the ball, and, like, pure chaos. But, like, you got to use your head at that point. Like, like uh, even the perception, regardless of whatever your intentions were, the perception of it makes you look like an absolute donkey. And that's tough to say because I'm a Claypool fan. I'm, I'm a Claypool <laughs> owner in several leagues. But you look like an absolute dipstick sitting there celebrating a first down when you've had an absolute dog crap year. And then you're celebrating a first down when you're trying to make a push. I mean, it, it's a bad look, whether or not that was his intentions or not. But that's my two cents. Zach, what do you think? I, it's interesting because it's kind of going back to what Armin and I said about the, the leagues that we missed out in. Um, like, sure, having a stinker from Lamar affected us. But that's not the reason why we missed the playoffs. The reason we missed the playoffs was because we lost more than we won. Yeah. Right. So now looking at the game on Thursday night, it's not like 
sure, having those extra few seconds would have been beneficial, but that's not why they lost. Totally. They lost because they gave up 30 points in the first 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. Like if you can play defense in the first half, you might have a shot at winning the game um, in the last minute or so. If your offense could have scored points in the first half, you would have been in a better position to win the game. Yeah. Um, so like all these analysts and all these figureheads on TV that are just dunking on Claypool, like, yeah, it was a pretty embarrassing situation, not a good look, but to put all the blame on him, I think is just lazy. Um, like the Steelers sucked yeah. for the first 50 <laughs> minutes of the game, 55 yeah. minutes yeah. of the game. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Zach. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you guys too. That's where I was at. Is yeah, doesn't look good him celebrating like that. It's not the time to do it, but uh it also had he celebrated and been able to hand the ball off instead of it getting knocked out of his hands. We it wouldn't even have been an issue. It would have maybe somebody would have said something saying, Oh, don't do that at that time. You look dumb, but they wouldn't have blamed the loss on him. Yeah, right. It's just a selfish look. Like, you like, like Zach said, you can't blame them. Well, both of you said, I guess you can't blame the loss on him, but it is a real selfish play. Like, they I like the parables I've had between him and Larry and uh, uh was it Fitzgerald? I think they had the, the parables oh, yeah. where it's like he's like jumping over bodies and flying through guys to try and get the ball to the ref. And then there's Claypool doing a celebration. It's, it's a selfish look, whether yeah. or not that was your intentions or not. It's just, it's a bad look altogether. But yeah. even, even looking at that comparison, like that, like Fitzgerald did that a couple of years ago. Like Fitzgerald's an old man. Yeah. in the nfl an like, experienced body exactly like he he's been around the professional game for a long time and he's been a leader for a long time in that in the nfl it's claypool's second year in the nfl um that's that's comparing the crappy apples that are mushed at the bottom of at safeway to like these pristine apples from bc from the farmer's market right <laughs> like like it's it's similar, but it's not that similar. The thing, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Because like you're looking at maturity and you're looking at experience. Like, I just, but, I, I don't think it's fair to compare those two. The, uh, the response I think from him and, and there's conflicting responses, you know, like where's the true story. But one of the, one of the responses was, oh, I had enough time. Like the, I had to wait for the ref. So why can't I celebrate while I'm waiting for the ref? You know, like, it is another opportunity to take, you know, like, yeah, it was a mistake. I, I need to be better. I need to be more team orientated, less me orientated. And it was like, no, guess what? Like I can celebrate if I want to, because the ref wasn't even there. It's like, you're defending your mistake. Even like, if, even if that wasn't your intentions, it's another selfish act on top of a selfish act. And like we said, it didn't probably the chance of them winning that game was unlikely. You were getting one more shot, even though Frymouth had a, <laughs> pretty good chance to catch that ball like it was a nice play by that db to punch it out last second but yeah the chance of you actually winning that game is unlikely but it's just your response to here's an opportunity for you're in the spotlight for a negative action you can be like yeah you know what i, I seem to be better and it's like no you know what i'll celebrate if i want to celebrate it's not not a very good look but <laughs> yeah i still like Claypool. still like them but this is something i tell uh like my students all the time like you made the mistake and now like what do we do yeah. now like what do we do after the fact if you if we make that same mistake again 
then that's the problem. That's the real problem. Like, yeah. this is what you did. And now let's learn from it. And let's not make the same mistake again. Yeah. If next week, next season, he's doing the same type of things. That's when it's, I think that's when it's fair to be like, problematic problem yeah he's got a problem like let's let's figure this out yeah but if if he's able to learn from this uh situation and make it into a learning opportunity then i think he'll be better for it yeah all right we're getting back on track here armor it's it's here you're done (laughs) all right my dad of the week i went with antonio gibson here's a guy who second week in a row without jd mckissick He's finally getting a chance to have that backfield all to himself. And he doesn't do much with it. He only gets 3.1 half point PPR points. He ended up with uh, 10 attempts on 36 yards and two catches for five yards and one fumble. Um, He's a guy that a lot of people, you know, I myself included in one league, drafted him pretty high right drafted him first or second round depending on the size of the league right he was going around that 12th slot kind of area overall um so it uh it kind of hurts when you're only getting that production out of him and i i love antonio gibson i think he's a great talent in this league but uh this week was just not as weak at all yeah tough tough go tough sliding especially when you had a huge week the week prior yeah, well, yeah, that last week was huge, massive week, and then he just puts up this dead. Actually, had two big weeks in a row before this week. Talking about uh, talking about a big week in uh, in about a week and a half time here, ladies and gentlemen. It's Christmas shopping. It's Christmas break, <laughs> which means uh, if you uh, if you're a last minute shopper like myself, uh, don't tell my fiance she doesn't listen to this podcast, but. Uh, I, uh, her last minute Christmas gift I got, I just changed my mind, ordered it. It got on recall. So I'm going to be back on the last minute Christmas shopping list here. Uh, so if you're anything like me on the last minute Christmas shopping, you got to find yourself down at limitless gear and Prince Albert. Uh, we talked about their, they're expanding their market a little bit. There are a lot of Saskatchewan products there on top of their own, uh, incredible products. Um, I got my fingers crossed that I'm going to be getting a limitless gear plowed underneath the Christmas tree, much the same as Armin wears all the time. It's a nice look. It's a comfy <laughs> look. It's a warm look. Uh, so if you need any last minute Christmas ideas or, or some, some stocking stuffers, find your way down to limitless gear, uh, brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless. If you set your mind to it, uh, limitless gear, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Now talking about, uh, talking about, uh, Good, good stuff happening to the fellas here. All three of us bought a performance, and I'm really happy we didn't take on Armin's take there about the amount of yards that Davis Mills might have put up last week. Because man, oh man, three three thirty one and one, he put up uh, he put up quite a few pass yards. We were trying to bank on one eighty two, and yeah, that seems like a no brainer, <laughs> no brainer. So we're sitting at uh, on the Canadian Player Profile. We're sitting at nine seven and four. With, yeah, uh, come on, Jordan. It should be uh eight, seven, and three. Yeah, right. I should have taken that. No, I'm all, I'm gonna just keep copying whatever Armin does, just because uh, I need the W's. Just uh, <laughs> just just keep hedging here, so I can stay flush. <laughs> uh we'll uh we'll continue on to our Canadian player profile for week number fifteen. We're gonna be focusing on Ryan Hunter, uh, guard from the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so he's born on April first, nineteen ninety five, in North Bay, Ontario. Uh, he is six foot three, 316 pounds. 
And during his high school career, he ended up moving to Buffalo from Canada and earned himself the uh, best offensive lineman in Western New York uh, while he was playing his high school career. And he also shared the 2012 Buffalo News Player of the Year with Quadre uh, Allison, uh, who is the current running back of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, So a little bit of connection there. Uh, He also attended... Uh, his university career or his college career at Bowling Green State University, where he redshirted his first year and then played 52 games the next four seasons. Uh, Following his college career, he was drafted first round, ninth pick overall in the 2018 CFL draft to the Toronto Argonauts, but decided to go to the NFL after being undrafted in the 2018 NFL draft. He signs with the Kansas City Chiefs Uh, with his time with the Chiefs. He ends up winning the Super Bowl in 2019 with a 31-20 to win over the San Francisco 49ers. And in 2020, he signs with the Los Angeles Chargers and is still currently with the Chargers today. Uh, so for our buy and sell, we're going to be focusing on the Los Angeles Chargers run game behind that Los Angeles Chargers offensive line. So buy or sell, will Austin Eckler surpass his season average of 18.9 points against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. So Casey's defense is coming on strong as of late, uh, especially against the uh, the run game, where they're currently right now averaging 17.2 points to fantasy running backs. So are we going to buy or are we going to sell? This is a big matchup Thursday <laughs> night, the very first matchup for fantasy quarterfinals. And I am hoping this is going to be an absolute slugfest, but uh, I want to hear what you guys got to figure uh, maybe we'll go Zach first, then me, and I'll let Armin. So that way I'm not just going to hedge Armin's pick. So, <laughs> Zach, uh, let's hear what you got figured. I know you're an Eckler owner. Big win coming up here, hopefully, in uh, in in tall air, not tall cow, sorry, LML. You need, uh, you need, you need Austin Eckler. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you think. This is a fan, like, fantastic question. Um, sometimes when I see these questions that Jordan poses to us, I think, like, I don't know, like, I feel really strong one way or the other, but this one, I don't know what to think. Um, I'm looking at the stats here and uh, since the charger bye week in week seven. So since week seven, Eckler has only surpassed uh, 19 points two times since week seven or three times, pardon me. Uh, once against the Patriots for 21 for 21 points uh, against the Steelers, who have a habit of doing this, he was able to get 38 and a half points. And then he actually just got 19 points against Denver in week 12. Um, but the rest have all been below that number. Um, and then interestingly enough, in week three against the Chiefs, Eckler had 19.7 points, which is right there on the bubble. So it's, it's very interesting um, looking at, you know, these recent trends um, and trying to come up with an answer based on that. Um, I will say, however, that uh, I am going to buy that he will surpass um, 18, was it 18.9? 18.9. So he needs to get 19 points. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. I will <laughs> buy that he will get 19 points. Um, looking at, um, how they played last or this week, I thought they played pretty well as a team. Um, Eckler did have 15 points against the giants. Um, and then 
you know, thinking about uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen recovering from, from COVID. Maybe they have some symptoms still. Um, I'll take Eckler for 19 plus. Uh, I'm with you, Zach. I'm a, I'm a big Austin Eckler fan. And even without looking at the numbers, I just want to see it happen because I didn't want this game to be a slugfest. But I'm going to throw some numbers at you here, folks, on why I think that this is going to be a buy. Uh, looking at the last little bit, I, uh, last little bit here, I did mention that uh, Kansas City has been coming on strong with the run game. Uh, but I'm going to throw some of these numbers and some of these teams out at you. Uh, we're looking at the Raiders in week 10. Uh, they put up seven points. The Raiders run game has been awful and the Chiefs blew them out early. So you had to air the ball out. Week 11 was against the Cowboys. When you're looking at a injured backfield, uh, they put up 13 points. Looking at the Broncos, uh, they had week 12 bye. And you're looking at week 13 against the Broncos, which actually have a really strong run game. Um, they put up 28 points. And then this past week against the Raiders, once again, with a decimated run game and we're behind early, looking at eight points. So I think there's a little bit of a phantom appearance with the KC defense coming on that strong. Now, it might be a little bit of a chicken or the egg kind of situation here. But you look at some of the weeks beforehand, they put up the running backs against uh, the Chiefs. The Browns put up 33. Ravens put up 21. Chargers put up 17, like Zach had mentioned. And the Eagles put up 19. Uh, so you're looking at these teams that have pretty good run or pretty good running backs, put up good points. And then these last couple of weeks that are kind of sketchy running backs or sketchy situations where they're not putting up as much. So it's, do you believe the chicken or do you believe the egg? Uh, I definitely believe that it's necessarily a little bit of both, but I believe more in the sense that it depends on whether you have the good running talent or not. And uh, as we know, um, Austin Eckler is a talent, not only to carry the ball, uh, he's also getting the goal line work, but he's also a dual threat with, probably more talented on the latter end with the receiving work that he can possibly get done as well too. So uh, I'm going to be with Zach and I'm going to buy this one as well. Now, Armin, tough decision for you. Oh, you know, I, I was debating selling cause I noticed he's questionable and he only played 46% of the snaps last week. But then I also noticed that uh, Chris Jones is on the uh, COVID IR list for the chiefs, which is a big, Big body up in the middle that they depend a lot on their defense, especially to stop the run. So, you know, I'm going to go with Bine as well. Eckler, if, as long as he's healthy here, he, he's the guy in, in Los Angeles. Even if he has a lingering injury, he's still going to get all the snaps. And with, uh, with a defense that might have been coming on strong in KC, but now has some uh, COVID issues. Um, I'm buying. Look at that. We all bought again. That's uh that's either gonna be a big W for us or big loss, but this one's gonna hurt more for Zach because he's gonna if he loses, he's gonna lose this and it's gonna hurt his matchup too with the uh, Austin <laughs> Eckler and Dynasty. So I have him in a couple of redraft leagues too. So I'm right with there, Zach. I'll be cheering for your team. I, also I gotta want say, to, I gotta oh, go say ahead. good job there on uh on finding Ryan Hunter. I think this is the first time this season where I've been like, I don't know who this person is i'll be honest he's on, the, he's on the practice squad but hey canadian player regardless so um i was gonna say too the uh the the actual decision was a little bit on the tough one too because man i want eckler to do good but i kind of wanted to be contrarian to armin a little bit so i was like yeah maybe i'll go first but when i was looking at those stats it's it's tough to see what's going to happen because like i said like while the statistics we threw at you it's a it's a tough one to manage but yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Regardless, we all bought. Let's all cheer for. Uh, let's cheer for. Also, talking about the upset there 
Zach, I want you to win because uh, your matchup this week is a doozy. And that's a, that's a matchup that I don't necessarily want to have to go against. So I'm hoping that you're going to upset him and I don't have to worry about him moving forward. I need a big week from Kittle and Lamar just to continue twisting the knife in his back. <laughs> yeah. so knock, knock, who's there? Still me. <laughs> Your trade sucked. <laughs> <Yeah. up. laughs> and, then, and then watch Nikhil Harry have like a career game on my bench. Yeah, <laughs> just because. Yeah. Just salt in the wound. Uh, so going into this week, it is a big one. Uh, we talked about, so teams returning from by, obviously we don't have any bye weeks now. We're into the, the fantasy playoffs, but teams returning from by fresh off is Indianapolis Colts, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we are going to be looking at our upcoming week with our, a uh, lot of pressure on, and uh, we need a, we need a big return here. So we'll start with our, our week preview and our starts of the week with Armin's full stream ahead. All right, uh, my full stream ahead this week is Justin Fields versus Minnesota. Um, I had another cue that I was looking at for this, but I he w- I think it was Tua, and, and Tua's playing the Jets. And I figured the Justin Fields matchup against Minnesota should be a more, um, he'll be more likely to be in a negative game script and hopefully slinging the ball a little bit more and trying to put up more offense whereas Tua might be put into a run game script against the Jets. And to go along with that, Justin Fields is owned in only 19% of leagues in Yahoo and 33% of leagues in Sleeper. So he's very much available, whereas Tua not as much. So um, full stream ahead, Justin Fields, he's starting to hit his stride a little bit more every week. And, you know, let's, uh, let's take advantage of that. I will add that that would be a really fun start if you are going to use him because then your uh, then your match is going to come down to the Monday nighter. So just to add a little bit of stress and a little bit of fun, it is a divisional matchup like Armin mentioned. So if you're uh, if you're quarterfinal, you're looking to streamer and you want to have a little bit of fun too. Like, could you imagine being down 18 points or 16 points on Monday and you're relying on Justin Fields? Oh, would be uh, it'd be a you'd be that's Edge the most invested football game you'd have you'd have all year. Yeah. That was the exact position I was in in a different league uh, last night with Kyler Murray. I was down, I don't know, like 19 or so. And I had Kyler Murray and uh, Christian Kirk playing. And I thought, slam dunk. This is no problem. (laughs) Um, Not only... I was down by 19, but he also had Aaron Donald in an IDP league. So I was like, Aaron Donald, he's good for like five or six. He'll get a, he'll get a sack, maybe a few tackles. Bet we're fine, though. Um, it wasn't up until the last two possessions that I finally eked ahead for the first time. It was so painful to watch. Um, like... The, the left guard for the Cardinals just like wrecked my fantasy hopes there in the first couple of possessions, just getting blown up by Donald continuously. I was like, oh Lord, like I can't lose this matchup. Uh, all my running backs are dealing with injuries right now and I need the first round by to have a shot. And for most of that game, I was kissing my chances at a bye goodbye. <laughs> and then finally, finally, Murray hit Kirk for that the second 
uh, deep shot there kind of near the end of the game. And I was finally able to have a sigh of relief. Put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, maybe Armin talking about, I say that's probably your most invested game so far this week. After, after Zach's uh, upset of the week when we finally get there, we got to tell a story about last year's quarterfinal. We haven't shared it yet. We've been hinting at it all year. <laughs> It's only fitting that during the quarterfinal prep, we talk about our quarterfinal matchup last year. All right. Let's so once, well, we'll get through the content and then if people are still listening after, we'll share the little story because it's a, it's a doozy. Um, so, uh, Zach, let's hear your start of the week. All right. I am starting Brandon Cooks against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, only one time all year has Brandon Cooks had less than five targets, and that was with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Um, now with Davis Mills being the starter again, after a little bit of an absence, um, I think the sky is well, not, not the limit for cooks. Uh, we have to remember, he still plays for the Texans after all, <laughs> but, uh, I think we're going to see a resurgence, uh, for Brown and cooks. Did you, um, sorry, did you see that video of them running into each other talking about how bad the Houston Texans are? They ran a route and they literally ran into each other and took each other out. And then all of a sudden the ball sails over top of them about three seconds later. Oh, it, <laughs> takes, it takes a special talent to be that bad. At football. Oh, so good. Anyways, continue on. Sorry. Uh, on Sunday, Davis Mills targeted Brandon Cooks 11 times. That is the type of target share that you definitely want to monopolize on. And they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a matchup of two struggling teams. Um, but I do think Brandon Cooks is in a very good position with a more of a pocket passer to really exploit the Jacksonville Jaguars pass defense and probably have a pretty good week uh, for you in your first round of playoffs. A guy that was booming early and then kind of bust in the middle and looking for another boom here, a resurgence for, uh, for the fantasy push. I like it. Uh, Armin, let's hear your start of the week. All right. My start of the week is Miles Sanders. He was a dud a lot of this beginning of the season, and now he is starting to turn it on a little bit more. Um, I know he is questionable, but um, for the past third of the season, Philly has finally recommitted to running the ball. And since Sanders came back from his little stint on the IR, he has been the uh, the number one guy there, getting lots of touches in both the running game and the passing game, um, and he has been efficient with those touches as well. So um, they're playing Washington, and Philly should be able to get into positive game script against Washington, which should provide Miles Sanders with lots of opportunities to to showcase his athleticism. I'm, uh, I'm piggybacking on Arpin here and, and going with the Philly train. So uh, I'm going to be starting Devonta Smith, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this Washington football team matchup is really, really juicy for wide receivers. Uh, they're giving up the third most points to fantasy wide receivers, averaging 25 points per game. Um, so in this matchup, coming off the bye week, uh, and this is a, is a juicy divisional matchup because against all odds, Philly is not out of the wild card race at this moment uh, with Washington losing last week to, uh, to Dallas. And uh, this is an opportunity for Philly to still try and claw into that, uh, that last playoff spot. So they're, they got a lot to play for at this point. And Devonta Smith has shown big time flashes earlier on so far in the season. We talked about 
uh, wide receiver rookie breakouts in the second half. Uh, this is a game where I'm looking at uh, Devonta Smith to have a huge impact. So uh, I have him in a few leagues. I'm plugging him in that and that starting spot, and I'm uh, I'm pretty confident with Devonta Smith and hoping that he uh, can put out a potential week-winning performance. Uh, if not, even uh, just continue to work on those, those sharp routes and get several receptions to be able to uh, to help solidify your team in in a big push. So I'm looking at Devonta Smith in a really really juicy matchup here. So that is my start of the week. Uh, Zach, you're set. So this week I am sitting Marquise Brown and I am sitting Brown for several reasons. Uh, first of all, the Baltimore Ravens are going against the Green Bay Packers who have, uh, they have themselves a pretty competent defense. And as far as pass defense, they are good for ninth in the NFL this season. Um, you know, couple that with the fact that Lamar Jackson is dealing with some issues, some injuries. And if uh, Huntley does start for Lamar Jackson uh, this past week when Huntley played, uh, Andrews and Bateman way out-targeted Brown and put up way more productive games than Brown. Um, So that's a little alarming to me as a Brown owner. Also, uh, unfortunately, over the past four games, Brown hasn't exceeded six points in half point PPR leagues and his last touchdown came in week seven. So even with Jackson at the helm, um, the last little bit has been a pretty rocky ride. And, uh, you know, even if Lamar plays, I can't imagine Brown having a huge game. So for that reason, I am for those reasons, rather, I will sit Marquise Brown. Thought you were going to shark tank it there. And for those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Looking at, uh, looking at yours here, Armin. Ah, this is hot. I thought I was spicy last week by sitting a hurt Zeke, which actually kind of panned out pretty good for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this one is juicy. Let's, uh, yeah. let, let's hear it. I want to, I'm curious on what Zach thinks of this one. All right. So yeah, mine is, mine is hot and juicy here. I'm sitting Aaron Jones this week. Um, you know, I was looking at it as Zach was talking, looking at the stats a little bit closer here, just to kind of re-cement uh, my my thoughts on this. And um, I noticed that since week 10, before his his injury, Dylan already at that point has been out-snapping him. And he's out-snapped him every week, including this last week. Um, and you sit, might say, well, he, he did just come back from an injury, but he came for, back from an injury a week before the bye, and then they had the bye week, and now they had this week. Um, so Dylan's still out-snapping him. He's out-touching him. He out-touched or out-carried him 15-5 to five this last week. And, yeah, Jones had 20 points, fantasy points, but he had a very touchdown-dependent fantasy week, scoring two touchdowns. So he only got – six fantasy points that weren't touchdown points, which isn't uh, necessarily what you want to see out of that guy. And uh, going along with it, if you look at Aaron Jones' season so far, it's been very streaky. He's had um, five games so far where he scored under 10 fantasy points. Um, and then he's had only two where he scored 20 or more fantasy points. Um, not, uh, not what you want out of that guy. 
Um, you want more out of Aaron Jones, but it, it, to me, I'm, I'm starting to think that it seems like it's more Dylan's backfield as of late. Yeah, it's uh, that's hot. I, I looked at the stats. The Baltimore is only averaging 15.8 points to the running backs throughout the season. Um, and split that between two two backs that are splitting time. It's uh, it can be sketchy, but man, oh man, how do you not trust the horse that got you there? You know, <laughs> coming off the injury, that's a, that's a hot. What do you think, Zach? What do you think of that one? I I love you, Armin, one of my best <laughs> friends. But um, I think you could have a team with prime LT, uh, prime Peyton at running back, and you would still be like. AJ Dillon, let's get him in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, like you, you, you can't argue with with the stats that you presented. Um, but I will argue with those stats that you presented. <laughs> um, like you can't fault the guy for scoring touchdowns. Like <laughs> it's what he does. Aaron Jones. Um, in my experience, I've had him on several teams for the past couple of years now. Um, he's always been a guy that's gotten a lot of scores. He does get touches in the 25 and in, uh, area of the field. Uh, so it's just starting outside of the red zone and going in. Um, and that's kind of his deal. Um, lots of his touchdowns are short passes and that's just how they use them. Um, especially with, uh, that toe that Rogers is dealing with, he might be taking some easy checkdowns. Um, that could be another feather in Jones's cap, but you are correct in saying that uh, this season hasn't been what I have expected for Aaron Jones, uh, especially considering the payday that he just got. Um, it would be some real bad business to pay a running back what they paid Jones. And then within the calendar or within the, yeah, within the calendar year to basically uh, put him at second fiddle behind a guy they had had for the past two years big time mm-hmm. um one more thing to add aj Dillon, besides last week has also out targeted jones since uh he's in taken over the snap share lead i almost uh, i almost dropped Dillon in one of the leagues i have just because i need some i'm trying to get some uh depth options for for playoff push like looking at matchups for like uh, defenses and stuff like that to block my opponents, et cetera. But I'm like, man, if I drop Dylan, like he's, he's such a good piece to be able to have on your bench. Cause he could win you, but I have such running back depth. I don't want to help other teams. I'm in quite the pickle, but obviously following uh, Armin's advice here, I might just have to hold on to him and see what happens. But like that, like I have five really viable options and Dylan is definitely my sixth running back, but uh, it's a, uh, it's an interesting thought. I might have to wait and see because might be able to plug him in my semifinal matchup if uh, if I keep following the trends here with Armin. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I didn't say you, you had to start AJ Dillon. I was just saying sit Aaron Jones. <laughs> it's a it's six one way, half a dozen the other, right, Armin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my sit of the week here is going to be Robbie Anderson, uh, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers as they take on the Buffalo Bills. So you might be tempted to say, oh, my goodness, look at Robbie Anderson this past week. On uh, on 12 targets, he ended up getting seven receptions for 84 yards and a score. That's uh, that's a monster week, 17.9 points uh, right off the bye week. Yeah, I want all of that. But um, <laughs> you're putting on blinders 
So I'm going to read you off the previous uh, stats from several other weeks. Two, five, zero point seven, zero, two point nine, eight point six, four, seven, one, five. Uh, those are the pretty consistent numbers that you've received from uh, from Robbie Anderson this past season. The other thing to consider too is that the Buffalo Bills are the number one defense against fantasy wide receivers this season. Uh, and you're also looking at a QB carousel right now, uh, which you don't know who is going to be the starter. There's reports out that uh, um, that Sam Darno is going to be a difference maker down the stretch. Uh, you're looking at a possible PJ Walker start. Uh, you don't really know what to expect right now in Carolina. Uh, so to be able to throw Robbie Anderson in with confidence in this difficult matchup and coming off of a pretty disappointing season as a Robbie Anderson owner, I would, uh, I would definitely be taking a different route to make myself a push to get to the semifinal. So I will be sitting Robbie Anderson. Uh, now this uh, final, final uh, segment here, Zaps, Zach's upset of the week. Uh, this past one is as close as you can get while still getting a loss. Cause I know it's a two and a half point cover, uh, but it went to overtime. So that is just a darn shame because I thought you had this one pegged uh, for good there, Zach, two and a half point spread Buffalo versus Tampa Bay. It was a, that was a thrilling comeback from Buffalo and that was a very entertaining football game. Uh, but I'm very interested to see what you got for this week's matchup here. Week number 15. So if we go back three, four weeks, I'm sure I said on, uh, on the pod, I will never bet against the Colts for the rest of the season. Um, I had picked the Colts uh, for various reasons or for in various games, various weeks, and they always burned me. Either I'd pick them to win and they would lose, or I'd pick them to lose and they'd win or whatever. <laughs> um, but just like that goofy meme, meme I'll do it again. Uh, this week, I am picking the Pats to upset the Colts as two-point underdogs. Um, and uh, if this was an essay, the first paragraph is, F the Colts, let's go Pats, I'm a homer. That's the first paragraph of the essay. Uh, <laughs> second paragraph reads something along the lines of, uh, as the head coach of the New England Patriots, Belichick is 15-5 and five, coming off of a bye week. Um, he has had two weeks to prepare for a rather one-dimensional uh, Colts offense. They have an outstanding running game. Uh, they are second in the league in rushing yards per game. Um, but the Pats, that, that's one of their stronger suits. They're really good against the run. Um, so it's going to be a battle of a unstoppable force and a unmovable object, quite literally. Um, so it's, it's exciting to see. Um, I think if the Pats are able to neutralize uh, Taylor, um, I think the Pats will have no problems taking away um, the receivers in the passing game for the Colts. And I saw yesterday one of the Colts linebackers was on record saying something along the lines of, well, we know what we have to do is we have to stop the Pats run game and we have to make Mac Jones pass the ball. Um, there's been several games this year where Mac Jones has passed the ball quite a bit. Uh, those games were uh, the high scoring affair against Dallas, uh, the high scoring affair against uh, Tampa Bay. And then again, 
Uh, I forget who they played. They passed the ball quite a bit. I think 40 attempts a few weeks ago. Um, Mac Jones can pass the ball. He just isn't asked to pass the ball. Um, so in the event that Indy can stop the Pats rush game, I have full confidence that Mac and Cheese will be able to uh, take care of the, of the Colts. So do you think I'm he thinking, wins the rookie of the year? Um, offensive rookie of the year for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like, he's playing phenomenal. Uh, it's traditionally been a quarterback award. So I think that's, you know, more of a shoe in, I think, than uh, most of the other awards. Uh, I also think Michael Parsons is a slam dunk for a defensive rookie of the year. Arguing for a defensive player. And as we want to say, he must well <laughs> win the the league rookie of the year. Sorry, the league defensive player of the year. Yeah, he's, uh, he's making an argument. The only thing I have against Mac Jones, he's been almost like a game manager, you know, but when he's been called to action, he's been getting it done. Like you look at Jamar Chase, he's kind of fizzled. Najee Harris hasn't got anything done. So unless there's like a real dip in his performance and then there's a resurgence from any other rookie, I just can't see anybody else overtaking it. Especially you said it's a quarterback award. And like if you, it's it goes the same for all the other awards in the NFL too. Um, a lot of it's kind of based on the team success. Yeah. Um, like it, it's hard to argue with the improvements that the Pats have made um, as a team, as an offense and as a quarterback position. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with Mac, of course, the weapons are a lot better this year than they were um, last year with cam, but I would, I'd make the argument that if cam was, was still in new England, the uh, the feet and ankles of the receivers would be quite sore this year with those balls hitting them in stride. That is true. That's uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I'm gonna have to take your once again. I'm gonna have to put my money where your mouth is there, Zach, and put your uh, upset all my pools picks this past <laughs> week. I, I'll tell you guys, I put my foot in my mouth. So I'm in a pools picks with some buddies, and um, the way we run our pools is we never box the Monday nighter. Okay, we never box the Monday nighter because if you're perfect to the Monday nighter, you hedge it and you bet against the other team. So that way you're guaranteed to win money, right? So we're getting ready to do our pools. It's Sunday morning. We're doing our negotiations back and forth. We make a consensus list and then we decide on what we're going to do. And my buddy in our, in our pools decides that he, we're going to consensus. We're going to box Cincinnati, San Francisco. And I'm thinking, hey, why don't we just pick Cincinnati? We're most likely all wanting Cincinnati anyways. And let's box the Jets game and hope for an upset. Because in pools, that's how you win big money is you, you box the upsets. So I talked our team out of a perfect picket because we took Cincinnati, <laughs> San Francisco wins in overtime. We are perfect all the way in the Monday nighter. And then we had the Rams versus Arizona. Uh, we picked Arizona. So our perfect ticket would have busted anyways, but we would have been guaranteed money. So I, I had a tough, I had a tough goal there. And uh, I owe my, I owe my teammates uh, uh, definitely a little bit of cash or, or, or maybe I owe the next round or something like that. It was terrible, but. <laughs> That's yeah, fine. I, Just pay pay them out their shares of what they would have won. That's oh fine. yeah, yeah. I'll be <laughs> I'll be paying that out longer. I pay my student loan. I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> um, okay. Well, now that we're just wrapping this up, Armin, you want to share the story real quick? I know we've been uh, we've been holding on to this one for a while. It's it's not very long. It's a short, sweet story. But I have the stats in front of me, and they oh, go. Oh boy. Well, um, so it was the Monday nighter of the quarterfinals, and. Uh, I have a pretty decent lead at this point going to the Monday nighter. 
I'm very confident as I have J.K. Dobbins starting, and he was making his 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 big push towards the end of the season as a as a dominant back. And Armin had Nick Chubb, and he also had Jarvis Landry. And this game was a thriller regardless. It was a 47-42 finish for Baltimore. But within the first half, I went from like an 80% favorite to like 2% to lose. It was, I think Nick Chubb rushed for like 115 yards and two scores within the first quarter and a half. So I'm yeah, sitting there absolutely. He just went atomic. I'm, oh, I'm sweating. And our group chat, we have a big group chat for that league. It's going bananas. And it's at this point, Baltimore was getting punched in their mouth. Like it was, like the game was over. And then all of a sudden they're chipping away, chipping away, back and forth. Um, Nick Chubb it makes a huge run. Armin goes back ahead. And then they put Kareem Hunt in at the 20. Kareem Hunt puts it in, scores. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm so mad about that one. I'm I'm losing. Like, I'm losing. I need, I need to go down. And then Baltimore scores. I'm down at this point. I think I'm down one point or something like that. I'm like, oh, my God, I need them to yeah. go for two. I need them to go for two. And then Baltimore goes for two, and Dobbins punches it in. I think I can't remember if it was a catch or if he punched it. Regardless, Dobbins got the two points. So I'm up like – one point and then Jarvis Landry gets a catch for like a catch in like I don't know like a eight yards or something like that so at this point I'm up I think it ends up being I'm up like 0.6 if I remember correctly and then yeah something like that then Cleveland ends up going the full schoolyard mode basically where they throw the ball uh, I can't remember who they ended up passing it to first, but then they lateral it to Landry. Then Landry ends up picking up a couple yards, but then he laterals it back and the ball goes back. So we're sitting there. And at the end of all this chaos, the final score ends up being uh, 139.95 to 139.2. So I'm c- celebrating this. It was a roller coaster of emotions for Arm and I both in this group chat. It was back and forth and it was like, everybody's putting fuel on the fire, right? But like we couldn't celebrate until like Wednesday the next week because <laughs> I was penciling for the final. But all it took was me one stat correction, and Armin was gonna take my spot. So it was oh man, it was uh, it was quite a roller coaster. But yeah. it was, I didn't it was give up hope either. I was hoping for that stat correction. I remember I went back and I even looked at all the film for that game to see if I could find the the extra like six yards I needed to win the game. Armin was going to calculate every single yard from both our rosters to try and prove the fact that he deserved to be in the semis, but it was too bad. We both had pretty good teams in that, uh, that league. We just happened to end up playing yeah. each other. I think it was in the four or five matchup. We ended up seeing each other and yeah, it was too bad, but was, uh, it ended up turning to be a good story. Cause that, to me personally, that's probably one of my very favorite fantasy football memories I have because it was, I've never been so invested in a football game before because it was just a roller coaster. And, like, I remember sitting on the couch absolutely sweating, like, leaking because I just, like, Tucker hits that long field goal to put them ahead, but then Baltimore's got a chance to come back. And I was sweating, screaming at the TV, and my fiance is looking at me like, what, what is happening? Why, why are you losing? I'm like, because I'm going to lose. And she's like, oh, my God, it's a game. It's like, it's not a game, I swear, like, this is bigger than a game. And like, I'm freaking out. She's like, man, you are such a loser. And she's sitting on the couch. Like, okay, it's time to watch the bachelor. It's like, no, it's like, this game is still going on. Like we're not watching the bachelor. This game is, this game is going. And like the group chat, oh yeah, that is got to be one of my favorite fantasy football memories. And, and I'm glad I got to share it with Armin. Unfortunately he was on the, uh, the wrong side <laughs> of it, but 
here's hoping to uh, that we can all kind of have a similar similar story to that and with our quarterfinal matchups come in here and and the quarterfinal matchup I don't know about you guys or what you think but I always find it to be the most stressful because if you win the quarterfinal you're guaranteed to be in a money game right regardless of win lose or draw in your semifinal matchup you got a chance at the money regardless right but if you lose your quarterfinal it is over you're done you're packing your bags you don't get a chance at any money so I don't know about you guys but I always find the quarterfinals be the most stressful matchup yeah it is and it, anything can happen. It's a wild time. Yeah. We got, uh, well, we'll be crossing our fingers because we got to, much the same as you guys. We were in quite a few playoff pushes here and, and hopefully we'll get ourselves into the money rounds and hopefully uh, we'll have some good news to share on the podcast next week. And, and we'll, we'll love to see you guys as, uh, sharing your guys' excellent news as well. But before we wrap this up, I want to uh, throw a quick little uh, comment at uh, everybody in the fantasy uh, football charity league this year. Uh, the, obviously the playoffs are starting in that league as well. So I want to give a, a little tip of the cap and a little bit of shout out to the teams that are, that are in that uh, push here. So um, for those of you that have been following it at home, uh, we have our first matchup is the number one seed. We have Connor Fox versus the, uh, the St. Mary team, uh, the eight seed. Uh, us in the four seed is playing Stephen Horrell in uh, the five seed. We have Brady Woodcock in the seventh versus Logan Foss in the seventh. And then Tyler Rock in the third. Uh, versus uh, Robbie Gates in the sixth. So uh, we've got the big matchups in the playoff push. Uh, I know I've got, uh, I was refing a hockey game where Tyler Rock was was playing and his buddy was on the other team and he came up, oh man, Karen, love the podcast, love the podcast. So I was like, yeah, you know what, uh, Preds, I'll give you a shout out on the pod. He's uh, he's a big fan. Uh, it was kind of cool to have a couple former students refing their hockey game and both of them are a big fan of the podcast. So Quick, quick, quick shout out to those guys and good luck in your guys' fantasy matchups. Anything to uh, throw in here, fellas, before we wrap this bad boy up? Good luck, everyone. Kick some butt. Right on. Good luck, everybody. Thanks again for listening. This was, uh, this was episode number 32 of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast, and it's quarterfinal time, everybody. Take care. Good luck. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.